Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Cotball Watching Podcast. This episode's about Ajax, who are one of the most remarkable stories in European football last season. They managed to reassert their dominance in the Netherlands by winning a domestic double, but it was the performances in Europe that really got people's attention. A pair of draws with Bayern Munich in the group stages set the tone, but it was away wins against Real Madrid and Juventus that stunned the world. Sadly, the run, the run didn't take them all the way to the Champions League final in Madrid, but they literally couldn't have come closer than conceding a last gasp goal against Tottenham in the semi-final. So what's next for Ajax and their stars? I caught up with popular Twitter user and Ajax fan, at the European Lad, to ask these questions and more. Here's what he had to say. Hello and uh, welcome to the podcast today. So obviously we're going to discuss Ajax. Um, it's obviously coming off a, a a great season for the club. So, how how long have you been following Ajax? Um, well, following in terms of just watching them every week, I would say, I would say around the age of fifteen, maybe thirteen, fourteen, and yeah, before that, you already just you just want Ajax to win, and you just you just say you support them. But I wouldn't say I was really watching them like I'm watching them right now, not week in week out. It's more that my brothers and my father support them, and that's just get it's just getting carried over to you, like every, like every young fan. But at that age, you you don't sit down and watch them ninety minutes every week because you're basically you're still a child, so it doesn't really interest you that much. But when I when I got older, I, I watched them a lot more. And yeah, to answer your question, I think the season I really started to watch them week in week out was probably around. 2010, I would say. Back then, there was Luis Suarez, um, Jan Vertonga, All the World, Daily Blind was still there, Ericsson, those players. I think 2010 was really the season that I really started to follow them. Okay. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, well, obviously, 2010, some of the players that you mentioned there have have gone on and uh, they've obviously done some some really good things in mm-hmm. their career. Obviously, Suarez has won a yeah. Champions League. A couple of the Spurs guys there were, were in the mm-hmm. final this year. And mm-hmm. uh, it's obviously, you know, Ajax has always been a breeding ground for talent, despite maybe not at that time being sort of one of the big biggest clubs in Europe, but they still had a, yeah. had a good side. So, obviously, Ajax uh, hadn't won the league title since 2014. So was there an element of surprise this season or was there a feeling that the, the mm-hmm. young players ready to, to make the step up the challenge um, I, w- I wouldn't call it a surprise um, at Ajax no one no one talks about a surprise because we're always the main candidates to win it the main favorites to win the league but like you said we didn't win it for four years so the pressure was immense like I remember in preseason last summer it was all it was all that got talked about it was all the focus was on that we had to win the league and by the players as well. Every individual player said it. It's all about winning the league. And the people within the club, they were on about the same thing as well. And that's why we signed um, Dusan Tadic and Daily Blind. I mean, if we hadn't won the league in four years, mm-hmm. if we if we never won it for those four years, which we didn't, I don't think those players would have got signed by Overmars. So it was a clear sign that we, we had to win the, the league this season. There were huge signings for us. And... Uh, yeah, so we had a fantastic squad ready to conquer for the league. It, it's very, it was very mixed. Like we had the experience with Blint and Tadic, and then we had the talent with Frankie de Jong, um, Donny van der Beek, Matthijs de Ligt, um, Nuis Masraoui. 
and then we just yeah and then we also just had the quality you know like with Tagliafico um David Neres and uh, yeah just it was a very mixed and ex- mixed team with with all the quality you need in order to be successful sort of from, from my point of view obviously I, I don't really see much of the the domestic football in Holland um we'll catch a few games here and there but um the yeah. way the way the team played sometimes you know like you were going to the burnabout and you see some teams having a good run like even like Atletico Madrid and um, mm-hmm. got a couple of Champions League finals and they done it by you know being really solid defensively but the way I done it was it was just something else like they were yeah. going to the burnabout and some of the goals they scored and you know it was just they done it and like it was like a dream it was dream football you know some of the ways the ways they done things and obviously you know some of the, the young players and as you say the experienced players were key mm-hmm. so. Obviously, um, Frankie de Jong, he's already gone. Um, he's gone to yeah. Barcelona. So how, how good do you think he can be? Um, yeah, Frankie de Jong is just, I would say, probably the, the, the most key, the, the, you know, yeah, a key player for us. And he's going to be a huge miss for us next season. But it's obvious that he's a very special player because just because of the way he's, he sees football and the way he, he executes it. He's always aiming to pick the pass forward or in between the lines. He's always trying to prevent himself from passing it backwards. So he's special, you know. You don't see, you don't come across those players a lot. There's there are players in the world who, who has who have those DNA in them too. But it's also about executing them so perfectly, and he's he's brilliant in that. He's the type of player that can, he can make the whole team function better, just like he did with Ajax this season. But um, yeah, you're asking how good can he be and how will be. And that's really going to depend on how his role will be at Barcelona. But he's a very, um, what's the word? He's a very flexible player. He can play as a center back, as a CDM, a CM, or even or, or even a center attacking midfielder. At Ajax, he played a lot of, um, he played a lot of positions like, but eventually Ten Hag used him more as a, as a controlling midfielder with, um, with Donny van der Beek using him, he used Donny van der Beek a little more more up front throughout the season, and Frankie de Jong a little more a little more controlling, and yeah, that turned out to be great. So yeah, it really depends on how Valverde will use him. And to be honest with you, I have my doubts about that because, look, Valverde is a good coach. No one no one's going to say he's a shit coach. He's a good coach, but the question is, is he the good? Is he the right coach for Barcelona? And that's where. Me and a lot of Barcelona fans, I would say, they have their doubts. And that's where I have my doubts too. Because if you, I watch Barcelona too throughout the season and it just looks like he prefers the players that take less risk in during the game, like Rakitic, for example. And I don't know if, if he if he's going to take more risk with Frankie de Jong. I, just, I, don't, I don't know if he will do that. So I won't judge him on that yet, but I do have my doubts. I would actually tend to agree. I I am a Barcelona fan myself, and okay. Valverde he, he kind of pre- seems to prefer the the, the yeah. almost a more physical midfielder mm-hmm. than yes. obviously Paulinho, Vidal. You know, are are kind of players who who aren't the the technical types that like Frankie de Jong. Yeah, exactly. It's a Barcelona player. The Barcelona fans long for that. You know that Xavi esque. You know. Um, short passing, always being yeah. available. That's that's what they want, and I think. It's no surprise that he used uh, Fidel and Polino a lot, for example. Yeah. 
Um, but I think I think Frank, Frankie De Jong is is the kind of player that the Barcelona fans want. Yeah, but I definitely. don't necessarily think that he's the, the type of player that Ernesto Valverde likes the best. Which you know, mm. actually kind of brings us on as well to um, Matthias De, De Ligt. Obviously, Barcelona and PSG have kind of been talked about. Um, yeah. Seems it seems at the minute it, it seems to be it'd be flipping every time where you, you read something yeah. different than somewhere else. Yeah, but, man. Every week um, it changes. Yeah, so I know sort of Barcelona, like obviously, you know, the Barcelona that the majority of the fan base want, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he fits, fits like a glove. But yeah. what Valverde, you know, he seem, he seems to have doubts that he's going to be playing for Barcelona. And like most most Barcelona fans are thinking that like, you're probably the best young centre-back in the world. You're yeah, probably I agree. Centre-back for the next 10 years. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Come here, but you know Valverde seems to be a problem there. But well, what do you think? Do you, th- do you think he's going to go to PSG, or do you think that it's still up in the air, or where do you think he should go? Mm, well, I, first of all, I, I disagree with the, what you said about Valverde. I think Valverde wants him at the club. I think every manager would want a player like Matthijs de Ligt at a club. But to answer your question, um, look, I, I would, I would, I would not say it's a bad move to go to Paris Saint Germain because. If De Ligt himself wants to go to PSG, who am I or anyone else to say he shouldn't go there? And that's that's the that's how I say it about it on my Twitter as well. I just prefer another club for him, another league. Most of all, another league, because I think he's ready for it. He's ready for for the toughest league like the Premier League or La Liga. And in the French league, I think I think he will be facing less challenges than in any other big league. I mean, let's be honest. Paris Saint Germain often win the league around September, October. That's when it gets clear that they won the league. And then it's basically waiting for him to shine in the Champions League somewhere somewhere in March, presuming that they'll go in the group stage as well, which they always do. Mm-hmm. So then it's just waiting for them, for him to shine or to perform in March in the knockout stages. And that would be it for him for, well, let's say three or four years, be- or even longer, because Parisian men might not want to let some, they might not want to let him go very easy after that. So I think he's ready for a much bigger challenge than that. And right now, I think, yeah, I think Barcelona is the main main favorite alongside Paris Saint-Germain. And if you'd ask me, I would prefer Barcelona for him. But I also wouldn't mind him in a club like Liverpool or, or Manchester City, for example, like Premier League clubs. I think the fact you mentioned Liverpool is quite interesting because I think even if, if he went to Liverpool, obviously that would be a... Yeah, with Van Dijk. Virgil Van Dijk obviously know, know each other and play alongside each other at the national team. So, yeah. like a, something like that could be like if Liverpool were able to get those two together, they're, they're probably you know for certainly for the next five years they're probably the best centre backs about. And if they could get them to you know the, this this Champions League win would probably really only be the start of it. Yeah, um, but they're not getting him. He's not going to Liverpool. I think that's ruled out. Yeah, it's, it seems yeah. that it's mostly PSG and uh, yes, yeah. Barcelona, but obviously I, I'm personally hoping it, hoping very much it's Barcelona. <laughs> um, we'll see, obviously, what happens in the in the next few uh, mm-hmm. yeah. days and weeks. But what what about the rest of the team? The, obviously, whenever a team like Ajax have mm. the success that they had this year, mm-hmm. there's naturally going to be interest from teams, all the, the big clubs that have the big, the big yeah. crazy some money so are you yeah. in fear they might lose more or what do you think no that's that's an interesting question because most of the people they say like 
you know, Ajax are going to be are going to be selling the whole team. You're going to go back to rock bottom again. But that's that's just not true because I'll just like I'll pick I'll pick the whole starting eleven of the Champions League. If you just pick each player one by one, the goalkeeper Onana he'll he'll stay. It's a fact. Mazzari will stay. The Ligt will leave. It's a fact. Blind is going to stay. Tagliafico is going to stay. Lasishona will. Well, yeah, I will. I will say he will. He will stay. Van der Beek, I think he will only leave if a huge offer comes by, or if he lets Ajax know that he wants to leave. But reports have already come out that Overmars wants to extend his contract, or at least at least upgrade his contract. Um, then we have Frankie De Jong. Well, he left obviously. Um, David Neres, I think he will stay. I think so. Um, and then we have Hakim Ziyech, who. It's a, Hakim Ziyech is an interesting one because last season he had a verbal agreement with Ars Roma, but from that moment on, Roma never really came back to that agreement and he, he just stayed. So I think with Ziyech, it's really if the right club comes by and the right offer and everything fits perfectly for him, then he'll leave. But if that doesn't happen, I think he would be perfectly fine with staying at Ajax. So I think I, I, can, I can see him staying at Ajax as well. So then we basically have the licked and the young leaving and the rest is still they could there's just a good chance that the rest of them will stay and Tadic obviously Tadic will stay as well so yeah most of the team will, is just going to stay yeah. obviously that's that's important and you know I, I obviously remember previously whenever the, the last time I ex you know had such a good good time in the Champions like they they lost most of their team and it was around the time of the Bosman rule but mm. um with the hundred and fifty million coming in, probably around that amount for De Jong and, and Delic, yeah. do you think that that'll be reinvested? I know they've already brought in a couple of new players. Um, do you think that m- most will be reinvested into the team, or do you think they're going to like put a lot of money into the academy to keep keep on producing the, the talent that they have? Mm, I think it's a mixture of everything. I think Overmatch will try to use the money to sign to sign to sign some great names, such as uh, we're interested in signing PSV player Bergwijn right now. Um, mm. Martin Odegaard looks like he's coming. And uh, Quincy Promes is being mentioned. But he'll, he'll probably also use it for upgrading contracts, like the ones from David Neres or Van der Beek. And he, all, he already did it with Tagliafico and Onana, who are now staying with us. Um, yeah, and about investing in the academy... I don't think the sale of any players matters a lot for that. I think we'll always be producing and bringing new talents into the first team. That's just something that belongs to Ajax. It's it all it's all it's always been there, even if we wouldn't have won the league, or if we do, or if we are not successful, or we are. The talents will they will keep coming. That's just it doesn't depend on that, in my opinion. Okay, and so the couple of new players, and I know they've signed a couple of new, a new faces. So, do you know much about them yet, or have you not really had a chance to? Obviously, um, they have. So you haven't seen much. But let me think. Um, we signed um, we signed a goalkeeper, Scarpa, mm-hmm. who is is probably going to be a yeah. He he's going to be a backup, and then um, we signed a a defend a talented defender from SA Hervain. His name is um, Kick Kick Pieri or Pieri. <laughs> he looks talented. I did watch him in the Eredivisie. We signed um, Argentinian defender Martinez, who, who did not go to Argentina with the Copa America. And then we have um, um, 
what's his name? I think it was Marin. He's a he's an he's a midfielder. I think an attacking midfielder, and I think he's he's going to be the most interesting one to uh, to watch next season. So if I'm correct, those are the four names who uh, mm-hmm. who we have signed right now. But there's surely going to be bigger names coming. Yeah, well, obviously the the still very early, obviously, you know. And yeah, it's I have, have heard uh, I have heard a few things about uh, Martinez. Yeah. Um, there was there was definitely interest in him. So again, it looks like uh, another sort of one of the stories where mm-hmm. I seem to get some good uh, some some good South American talent and yeah, you know, play like, hopefully bring them through and bring them uh, bring them into the first team. So yeah, obviously uh, one man that's got uh, that's been getting a lot of credit for how good th- how well things went for Ajax this season as a manager. So mm. how highly you rate Eric Ten Hag? Uh, right now, I obviously rate him a lot, but I'm not gonna lie. When he when he first came, I, I definitely had my doubts, and I think I think many Ajax fans had their doubts about them. Also, a lot of Ajax fans didn't, but I think a lot of fans did. Not specifically about whether he would be a, a good coach tactically or not, but it's for me personally, it was it was just about would he really fit with the young squad that we have? Um, is he being taken serious? By the squad, um, can he really plant his ideas into the squad? Because when he joined us in the winter break last season, he, he did he did all right in the second half of the season. We didn't win the league, but you know he he got quite a lot of points. But the football didn't really improve, and so that's also where a lot of a lot of criticism came from. Like the football didn't change much, and we also didn't win the league. So where's the improvement? Was what's was was being asked? But um, I'm very glad that he proved me completely wrong eventually because the team started to flow more and more the next season. And they, yeah, they just became a joy to watch. And I think that's really a crucial thing with coaches like Ten Hag or other coaches like um, Sadi from Chelsea. He just went to Juventus, Sadi or Guardiola or Klopp or all the names you can mention. I think a crucial thing is time. You really need to give him the time and help from the club if you want to see what if you want to see what they can bring to the team and club. You need to you need to give him time and you need to help them with investments. And if you do that, you will see what can happen. Our Champions League success was it was it was very much because of him. Obviously, he had he, the great squad helped him in terms of what he could do with the squad. But at the end, he is the man behind the great squad we had. And he he was the one who made them function that good. So I would say he's he's definitely just as responsible for our success as the squad is. Um, yeah, just uh, you're obviously talking about the football, and again, you know, just reiterate just how how good it was at times. You know, it's just some of the yeah. some of the touch passes. This, was, this was definitely the season I enjoyed most from Ajax yeah. by far. <laughs> it's, uh, just at some of the just just thinking back to that night at the Bernabeu and just. Like yeah. Watching, the, you know, the think that you went to the home of the European champions and done what you done to them—it's just it's, it's amazing, you know, to, to think mm-hmm. about that. So, obviously, Ajax have always had a rich history in, in bringing through young players. So, is is there much? Do you know if uh, there's much coming through at the minute? Oh, is there something um, talked about? Um, it's a tough question. Like, young tenors will always come through at Ajax. We always give them the freedom and space for that, if they're talented enough, obviously. 
but if they are, they will they will get to the to the first team. Um, but you're asking me for names. Um, I don't follow the youth as much as other fans do, probably. But if I would have to say some names in terms of possible stars, I would go for. Um, we have we have a guy named Unuvar, um, Traore, um, Kuhn. I like him, Kuhn, and uh, Victor Jensen. He's he's all right. He didn't really, um, he didn't. I didn't really impress me that much yet, but. We have him coming, and then we have um, Gravenberg, who's also who's also all right. And um, but yeah, like I can't, I can't guarantee that they're going to be that they're going to be into the first team. But they are they have a lot of potential. But I wouldn't know if they were really if they're really going to make it. I don't watch them week in week out. So my opinion on on that specific subject would be much better told by other fans who do watch them a lot more. But I do know that they're very, very talented from what I've seen. Obviously, um, with with young players, it, it it can vary as well. You know, obviously we can look at these guys and we can see them playing, and we see you know how good or how talented they are. But there's there's any number of players that are good and they're talented, but then it takes mm-hmm. like an extra kind of mentality to to really make the step up and you know not let a little bit of success go to your head. You know, so it's obviously it yeah. is it's something that's very hard to judge. Um, but it just seems like Ajax seem to have whatever Ajax have or whatever they're doing with it, the youngsters, they just always seem to, you know, have them and keep keep them on a mm-hmm. on a in a good place, you know. And it's there's obviously you know clubs like clubs like uh, all around the world and maybe not in your your Italy, your Spain, your England, you know, they are real inspirations. The, the teams like that, you know, where you can actually mm-hmm. bring these players to and compete, you know, so. Obviously, we'll we'll wait and see what comes what comes next for them. But um, obviously, as I said earlier on, I'm a, I'm a Barcelona fan, and mm-hmm. obviously one of probably Ajax's most most famous export, um, <laughs> Johan Cruyff. Yeah. His name still carries. You know, anybody's you're talking about Val- Valverde. Um, mm-hmm. You know, straight away people would be that that's not the sort of Cruyff. You know, that's not the way Cruyff would have done it or whatever. You know, does, does it does his name? I presume his, his name carries the same weight uh, with Ajax. You mean in terms of is he still influ- influential like today? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Of course, he, Cruyff is still very influential. Like he always stood for attacking and attractive football, and that that's still with us today. It's still the main objective for every coach when they arrive here, just like with Ten Hag or Marcel Kaiser before that. And it's also with the players we sign. We sign, like for example, Martin Odegaard. We don't we don't just sign him because he's a very talented player. We sign him because he really fits into our team. In, <coughs> sorry, in uh, the way in the way we play football. So that that that's all because of his influence. And yeah, so yeah, he is very influential, and he would have been very proud to see this this team this season with players like Frankie De Jong. He would have loved to see him play this season, and. He, he would also love the fact that Edwin van der Sar and Mark Overmars are now leading the club in such a such a good way, you know, because that's what Cruyff stood for as well. That's what he wanted, and that's what he would have loved to see right now. So, yeah, his, his influences will always be there. Okay, um, so obviously the Dutch national team seemed to be uh, finally after. They, they had a couple yeah. of years um, there, so... 
they they now finally seem to sort of look like they've they've turned a the corner. They had a great UEFA Nations League campaign. I'm not going to lose the, the Portugal yeah. then in the final. But do you think that there's a there's something in the fact that Ajax seem to have emerged again and you know that they are probably important to the the national team? Um. Yeah, yeah. Just like you said, we there's some influence and importance from Ajax towards the national team. I wouldn't say we are responsible for our our turnaround, but there's definitely influence. You can see it by the way we play. It's like Frankie de Jong is getting played, and then he he sort of he sort of it's sort of the start of the dynamic of the team. He starts everything just like he did with Ajax. So there are some influences from Ajax to the national team. But I wouldn't say that we're responsible for the turn or for the, you know, for the way we changed with the national team. But there's certainly an influence from Ajax. Just whenever you mentioned uh, Frankie de Jong there, the game in the UEFA Nations League against England, mm-hmm. the, some yeah, of the, very good. the sometimes the media here tend to be like, you know, most, most of the rest of, rest of Europe know about Frankie de Jong because of what he done for Ajax this season. But sometimes... Mm-hmm. It's not happening in the Premier League. They don't. They tend to not care. But oh. I did notice a lot of the time in that game, the the all the the sort of media and the the British and English media were all sort of looking at him and saying, you know, like that's basically the midfielder that England need, you know, and, and he played really well in that game. So it, it obviously it didn't. Uh, it certainly didn't go unnoticed. Um, the dark the dark side for me, it's it's quite unusual because traditionally you would talk of like. Certainly, teams prior, it was all loads of attacking talent. Whereas, yeah, like sometimes, yeah, yeah, exactly. We're missing have... out on that right now. We miss yes. some. Very, we have the pie. We have Memphis mm-hmm. the pie. That's ba- yeah. He is. He's all right. He's a good. Yeah. He's a great player, but he doesn't always bring it to the team. And then we have on the wings we have Promes, Bergwijn, Babel, but it's not. It's not really top top class. You know, we used to have Robin and. Van Persie, yeah. so and Coit in his prime that, then. Even before that, you're thinking like over Mars Club. Yeah, over, yes, exactly. There's, there's always been a great sort of rich, rich attacking history in the Dutch game, but now it seems like you've yeah. got fans, you've got the like, you've got the Jong, and they're they're different kind of players. But you know, that's what Ronald Koeman said yeah. as well. We're we're just missing out in attack. We really need some big talents coming up. We have Cloyford, for example. He's coming, mm-hmm. Cloyford. I wonder what he's going to bring to the national team, but we don't have that much um, quality up front right now. Yeah, well, obviously, um, if Cloverfield can turn out to be half as half as good a player as his dad was, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. he's uh, won't do a good thing anyway. But uh, that uh, that's everything basically. I wanted to, to ask you. Um, obviously, thanks right. very much for no discussing problem. that. And, uh, appreciate your time. So. Uh, Thanks very no much, problem. and you know we can maybe catch up again uh, yeah, in the summer next right. season. Okay. Yeah. Good luck um, with your podcast. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Man. Bye. Bye. That was the European lad from Twitter giving us his thoughts and views on the season past and what happens next to Ajax. That's all we have time for in this episode, but we'll hopefully be back later this week. Until then, thanks for listening.